We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 532. Formalities. Let's get those out of the way, guys. I'm I'm Andrew. Okay, this this is my voice because there's there's not three people on the show, so it might get confusing. Scott, why don't you why don't you talk so people can understand what your voice sounds like? Hey, what's up? This is Scott. I'm the uh, I'm the the senior guy on the staff here, and uh, this is my voice, Bob. This is my voice. Very different from the other two. Very different. A little more pre, a little more pre prepubescent, but it is what it is. Bob, Bob is uh is in college though, so so all right, no Somehow. no excuses there. Eighteen years old. You can see Bob living you can the see dream. Bob on our TikTok account, lighting yeah, it up, crushing it. <laughs> so the Yankees are they they saved their dignity, I guess, today with that extra innings <laughs> win in Tampa. I mean, it's still an ugly ass victory because Tampa kind of kicked the ball around in the end to, to hand him the game. Missed yeah. a bunch of opportunities, but oh man, do the Yankees have the Yankees look sloppy overall? Like that's the takeaway from the first week and a half of baseball. It's just like, why does this team seemingly this group of Yankees come out of spring training and then just look sloppy? It's not necessarily the wins and losses because uh, wins and losses when you're talking about ten games can be random, but they don't play good defense early in the season. They don't hit with runners in scoring position. They're striking out of t- a ton. There was a crazy stat today where they only had three walks in their last 100 plate appearances. 
that is very uncharacteristic for this Yankees team because this Yankees team is supposed to be controlling the strike zone. Even if they're not putting bat on ball, they should still be walking. So it's just like sloppy ass baseball early in the season. Doesn't, doesn't that say something to you that's a little worrisome though? Is that is that more so that that pitchers are just attacking these guys and understanding that they're going to strike out a lot? And that's, that's a problem. Why? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that that's that. I looked at a couple of different things. Yes, the the at bats probably aren't great. They're not sitting there. They're working the count. They're they're overly aggressive. But it's also definitely the pitchers identifying something and attacking these these uh, these guys. Knowing that if they're not going to hit a home run, they're probably going to strike out, and I feel pretty good about my odds. That's that's what it also tells me, and and I hate that. I really do hate that because that means that pitchers are feeling confident and they're going up there and uh, and you know understanding that occasionally you'll get bit, you'll get snake bit, but for the most part you can attack this lineup. And I don't. Well, like I think that. it cha- it changed a little bit towards the later part of Sunday's game because I think they. F- finished with seven walks as a team today. So that obviously changed. The The Tampa bullpen did not look good in today's game. But shout out to Kevin Cash. Thank God he pulled Honeywell. That guy has filthy stuff. So another yeah. another young stud that is going to haunt the Yankees on the Rays pitching staff. See, this is what I'm saying when everybody's like, oh, Tampa's going to... Snell's gone, Morton's gone. It doesn't matter what their names are. They just plop in another dude. And they have... You know, well, this guy was a top Colin prospect. Colin McHugh was talking about, "Hey, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited to be part of the experiment to see how we get through 162 games in this pitching <laughs> staff." Like, shut the f up and just go. Like, it's ridiculous. They're just plugging in all these names, and then yeah, they have some some young uh, kids who are, are just nasty because that dude looked very good. Major very league scary. debut, so he was probably on a, a very short pitch count, which is why he was pulled after two. But the Yankees couldn't touch him. No, no, he was good. Yeah. I don't want to see him ever again. So we haven't recorded in a while. Uh, we, we were going to record late last week, and then just some stuff got in the way. So we missed a, a lot of news, one, one of which was Aaron Judge being out of the lineup for a couple of days. And then he was back. So like, I'm not so sure we're going to make a kind huge of not deal news. about this. Kind of not news. But don't you think it was weird how they treated it, where he just wasn't in the lineup on Wednesday, which was the last day of the Baltimore series. And Boone's talking about how, oh yeah, Judge told me after, or this morning, that he felt soreness, general soreness in his left side. And he didn't want to take any chances because they had an off day on Thursday. Uh, and he said it, it, it the play did, it, going back to Monday's game against Baltimore, he was pulled in the seventh inning. Boone said it was not a problem on Monday, not a problem on Tuesday, only a problem on Wednesday morning. And then he also missed Friday's game. We saw him taking BP. So this had some people theorizing that perhaps... Like Geo, he had complications with a COVID vaccine, but complications, it's just, you get sore illness. Yeah. Illness. Yeah. Which, but because it's COVID vaccine, the team is not obligated to disclose it. If the player does not allow them to disclose it. Now, I don't know why judge would tell them, I don't want you to tell this information because if anything, that will just shut fans up and say, oh, he's not injury prone. He just like everyone else had, had symptoms from the vaccine like i'm gonna get i'm getting my vaccine monday night as you guys listen i'm getting my second vaccine monday night i might feel like ass on on tuesday so it's like it's not you don't nothing to be shamed ashamed about if you're aaron judge if that truly was the case i put like a 0.5 percent chance that was the real case and could it have just been he was sore as well and and then i uh, just wanted to give it a day and everybody makes a huge thing of this i mean look there's everybody's right to do that because there's been a lot of 
you know, un, not non-clarity. I don't know, you know, what you how you call it with with him. And it seems like the the injuries that don't seem like a big deal turned out to be, you know, weeks and a month. And that's know, what I was it. worried is that he was going to just miss a couple games and then they were going to try and get him back in there, in there for one day. And then he was going to be pulled in the middle of this game. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to have to go on the IL. And 45 days later, he's back. Yeah. Did you see um, Marley Rivera's uh, question in, on the on the Zoom call post game? Or it was between, I think it was between, yeah, it was post game. Asking about, asking Boone directly. Is Aaron Judge? Do you, would you consider him injured? And he's like, yeah. uh, "Well, Mar- yeah. that's a great Stumble- question." That's why um, it was weird. That's why it was yeah. weird. He didn't give an answer. No, he couldn't. And I think maybe potentially that's also be uh, you know kind of leading down that the fact that he did play the next day. Maybe it was the COVID, the shot, and he's not allowed to talk about it. So was he injured? Can't really say that. Can't really say no. Can't really say yes. I don't know what you do. Why, what would the reason be for judge not allowing them to t- tell people it was because of the vaccine? Maybe he didn't say, don't say that, but they just can't say it because it's he didn't say, protocol. say it. <laughs> I said, I didn't say, don't say it, but I didn't say, maybe say he's it. just messing with everybody because everyone is so fearful. There's probably, there's a protocol from. just like period that for you not to talk about, you know, things like that at all. So it, well, they said it with the player, but even if, okay, that's fair enough. I don't know. Then I don't know. I don't know why. You're right. They did say it with like, Gio. They said that. it with Gio. Gio's not in the lineup because he was feeling sick from the vaccine. Boom. He was Maybe out Judge thought he was soft. Maybe he, he thought it would uh, come across as soft. I don't know. And he's <laughs> yeah. sick of people thinking he's soft. So instead, everyone's like, oh, great. He's going to have an oblique issue. It's going to keep him out for six months. Yeah. Now our expectations are like, oh, my God, he's in the lineup. This is amazing. We're all excited. Well, you know who's not in the lineup for two straight days is Clint Frazier. Brett Gardner's yeah, in the lineup for, two, for a couple of days. Yeah, that's what happens. Clint Frazier struggles. Oh, for his last thirteen, but he had all, he was off to a hot start. So it's like okay, you give him six days and he's he's good, and then the next four days he's bad. It's like you're gonna really make decisions based on these drastic samples, one way or another. Or another. He's either your starting left fielder or he's not. If if he's got this tiny leash with Clint Frazier. It's just not going to work again as long as Brett Gardner's on this roster. Boone will just lean on Brett Gardner because he's a veteran and he loves him. Fine. But it's not going to work if you're going to have this short of leash with Clem Frazier. No, they definitely need to allow him to work out of things. And I mean, it's so early and such a small sample size too. It's tough to tough to even sit, see that like that was the reason because of the... I mean, he clearly said that he was not benching him. It was just a, a matter of the playing. Whatever. You know, like... Sit Hicks another day and let let Frazier play yeah. the game. The guy needs reps. We want him out there. He's one of our best OBP guys. I don't care if he's in a slump. I want him out there every day. Every day. Prior he, to the he, 0 for 13. He, in fact, helps this lineup get, get a little bit different. He does. He is part of the solution. He's not part of the problem. Well, prior to the 0 for 13, I think he, was, he didn't reach base in thir- his last 13 plate appearances. Prior to that, he had like a 550 on base percentage. So yeah, again, we're talking about a few games here. It's not it's, exactly that's, that's, that's very my difficult point. to go. Anywhere. No matter what you look, you want to give him no a day after going over thirteen. Fine, give him a day for going after going over thirteen. Get two back days. in there. You know, Boone said he'll be back in there Monday. Good. He just liked the way Brett Gardner was going. Had to get him in there. Okay, that's a feel thing. Fine. I mean, Brett Gardner go. actually has had competitive at bats, and Brett Gardner had a a key at bat late in the game against a left-handed reliever, which I was surprised. 
Like, that's an opportunity if you're going to pinch hit for Brett Gardner. Lefty on lefty, Brett Gardner's terrible against lefties at this stage in his career. And yes, I know, like, Kay and Flaherty were talking, oh, the Rays are just going to counter with another right-handed reliever. Fine. But so you're deciding, okay, I'm more confident in lefty on lefty matchup with Gardner than righty on righty matchup with Clint Frazier. Yeah, no, it's definitely telling. I was surprised because I thought that was an obvious move. Um, but but no, he, he went with the veteran guy and, you know, Gardner has had good at-bats. He had a boneheaded uh, play today, although I got, I, it's, I'm going to defend him a little bit on the base paths because when that ball's up in the air, it's hard to see where it is, I think, depth perception-wise. And most time, that ball's kicking back, not just straight up. It was kind of like a very favorable va- bounce for Zunino. So I like his aggressiveness. It didn't work out, unfortunately, and it made him look stupid, and it was a bad time. But it's hard. It, I think it might have been a, a tough ball to read. At that place, that place is weird. It's a, an indoor hockey arena with flashing purple lights everywhere. You don't know. It's hard to get your read on a ball when it's straight up in the air and takes well, we an actual also, true bounce. We also saw the ball bouncing like it was on a trampoline in the outfield a couple times. It, it, a yeah, few guys got burned this weekend. Yep. Yeah. No, that's I mean, that's concrete. a terrible base running play because of the situation. I also it, agree with you that it's a hard, it's a hard read, but you expect Brett Gardner a 15-year veteran at this point or whatever, one of your best base runners to not fuck that up. Yeah, I, definitely. I'm not I'm not giving him an excuse or an out on that one. He should not have made that play, but I can understand that that's a tougher... It was a, it was kind of a weird play. Usually that ball goes backwards. Usually that ball and is that's, back. That type of play is how the Yankees lose games at the Trop. Sure. But right? he was also it's trying like, to win the game some... knowing that their offense was trash. So I kind right, of don't but, blame but, him as well. I saw a stat that the Yankees have been shut out three times since the start of the 2019 season. All three of them have been at Tropicana Field. So they just don't play well there for one reason or another. Offense doesn't play well. It's always tough to pitch there. It's a tough pitching environment. It's a tough defensive environment. We saw how many how many errors this weekend? I mean, Mike Talkman looked like he was had never played left field, and he's supposed to be an elite defensive outfielder. On, on, on um, Friday afternoon's game, he misplayed like four balls in left field. So it's just it's just bizarre place, bizarro world down there. Yeah, because I think I really do. The lighting in that place is 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 bad. It's a bad place. Even to play the lighting baseball. in that place. I know you've been you've been there to watch a game. It's, like, it's why just can't they get weird. Better lighting? It's weird. Get I can see how lighting. people get. I can see how people get weird jumps off the ball. It's not. It's just. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's a weird place. It's not meant to is be it played as baseball dim in. It's in a person. Hockey arena. So on TV, it looks dim. It looks like someone took a light switch and just put it down like 20% on a dimmer. Is that what it looks like in person? Yeah, it definitely feels more dim. I haven't been to that many indoor arena uh, baseball fields, to be honest, though. Um, and actually, I'm trying to think of another one. Have you been, been to any? Because I haven't been to any. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one. I don't think I have. I've been to Seattle, but the roof was open at the time. But that was it. I think that's it. Bob, have yeah, you so been to any? The only time I've been inside is like playing soccer and there is just like a completely different vibe from playing yeah. outside versus inside. It's almost like, yeah. it's like still inside. Like it's just the air is still, it's like the lights just like, it's, it's weird. But even in Houston, like Minute, Minute Maid, right? It's the other, uh, the other orange juice there. Th- it's very bright. Like it, it feels very bright. Again, I've never been there, but on TV or when you're looking at it, it seems like it's a lot more true. Like you know the what I think the difference is has the has the the light. You know, it's almost like it feels like the sky. This place is not. It's like a it's a freaking dome. It's a 
it's a well, I'm, I'm not joking. It feels like an indoor minor league hockey arena. That's what it feels like. Well, it's the only permanent dome in the league. All other domes are retractable. So when you have a retractable roof, I think you build in like a lot more light exterior lighting into it. You have yeah. windows or you have rafters that allow light to come in or something. Whereas this is or just, just a material dome. in the roof that allows for a brightness but to I, come down. I think the key difference is also natural grass because Minute Maid has natural grass. The the turf in Tampa is fake grass, but it it doesn't it's not the color of grass. It's the color of fake grass. That's the only way I can put it. It, but but again, that doesn't affect necessarily like that affects you know, the brightness. The of course, ball. it affects the brightness. What when you're looking that up at a brightness? Ball? How the how the hell does the grass affect when you're looking up at the ball? No, I'm talking about war, our viewer, our viewing on TV. Okay, fine, but that but that I mean, it doesn't feel like that. It feels it when I'm when I didn't notice anything discolored about the grass when I was there. Yeah, the TV when it's on TV, it's it it looks weird, but I didn't notice anything when uh, about the turf when I was there as far as the color the the place the ambiance of the of it being a a true like arena that's what it feels like so yeah. i can understand how there's misreads yeah we've talked way too tough. long about this <laughs> i don't know i feel, I feel like we can we go deeper on the trap really for an hour. <laughs> i can shit on the trap for an hour well let's talk about jameson tyon who made his first start in 707 days and it was it was an impressive start i mean he he looked really good he only made two mistakes both went out of the park Four and two-thirds innings, three hits, no walks, seven strikeouts against the quad A Baltimore Orioles lineup. He uh, he had a 75-ish pitch limit, and they weren't going to let him go any longer because it was his first start in seasons. So he he impressed uh, a lot of people, start, which I get. Outstanding start to the season. That's a no word that it. I wouldn't agree with. Um, so Michael <laughs> K. told said it was, Michael K., because I went back and listened to it, said it was an outstanding start from Jameson Tyon. The Yankees couldn't have asked for any more. And I went to Twitter, which was a mistake. And yeah. I said, Kay you just said, you Tyon, Tyon just had a, a, an outstanding start. It wasn't bad by any means, but I wouldn't call it outstanding. It was a good start, not outstanding. Four and two thirds, two runs, both on homers. And, and I understand the circumstances, I guess, make it an outstanding start for people because he did come back from his second Tommy John surgery. He's battled cancer in the past and he hasn't yeah. pitched in 700 plus days, but it's not like we didn't know he was going to pitch. Like he's been worked. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, the circumstances n- allowed this, this man, Michael K to use a word that he probably wouldn't have used the word. First of all, you're reading way too much into the word. He, j- he says things like this, uh, on, on, a, on a regular That's basis. That's my this point. Is, it was hyperbole. This is a Seinfeld episode. This is ex- as soon as I read your tweet, I was like, oh, breathtaking. The, bubi, the baby, the baby, bubi, the baby is breathtaking. And and then using the same t- term uh, to uh, to describe Elaine. The baby was ugly, is it from what everybody says? And then the, the, he uses the same word to, to uh, describe Elaine. So yes, I understand that the word could probably be used a little bit differently, but it doesn't matter. In this moment, with Jamison Tyon coming back from all the things that he's battled, changing teams, changing mechanics, doing all these things, outstanding. Couldn't have asked for more. Couldn't have asked In for fact, more. Have you know what, for you know what I did? I did ask for more because I'm like, why are we pulling him? Let him finish the inning because he should have. He still looked good. I thought those home runs were... No, the second one was definitely frustration almost. But yeah. You can't. He can't. If he throws 76 pitches, his arm's going to fall off. Can't have him do that. 
Yeah. So, you know, I would have loved to see him battle through and finish that that last inning, uh, uh, the fifth inning, to for the opportunity for the Yankees to take the lead and get a win. I would have loved that. I think that's like one of those little things inside a club that 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 you know has uh, has the guys believing that your manager has your back a little bit. But um, so that was a little. Maybe that's an. I don't know if that's an an old school thing of of me saying, but I I want the guy to battle through, and you know he wanted to as well. Well, here's it's the like thing. an arbitrary so- time to pull the guy. It's just it didn't. Like okay, it was a it's pitch count. It was pure pitch count. But the, this is why it was an important start is because he is the guy I think most people are excited about most. The new the new guy coming to the rotation, like Kluber. I mean Kluber hasn't looked good. Herman's no. looked terrible, even though he yes. pitched great in spring. If Tyon also had a terrible first start, we'd be sitting here like, holy crap, what is this rotation? It's again Garrett Cole and no one else. But at least if that Tyon had a great first start and Monty, even though he didn't pitch well on Sunday, I thought Montgomery looked terrible in those first couple innings. He was getting crushed. I think um, I I tweeted out, I test Montgomery's getting hit hard. And then two seconds later, he gives up a home run to Zanino. And then Lindsey Adler tweeted out the stat cast data. Every ball was like 98 miles an hour or above off Montgomery. They were squaring him up, but he settled down. wasn't there early. Yeah, right. He did. He settled down a little bit. So I look at starts like that, and I'm actually impressed with what Montgomery did today because he didn't just completely put the Yankees out of the game. He actually got them into the sixth inning. Instead, like other starters we've seen, oh, I don't have it today, pulled after three and a third, and then it's just punt. You know what I mean? This this is why this is why I I my uh my theory i forget what my uh my bowl prediction was was it 15 games what was it that i said for montgomery it was because of this like they need That's another a guy question. to go i don't know it, yeah they need another was, guy you said 15 games 15 and the re- one of the reasons wins. why one i, wins, I expect right? a good season 15 wins 15, 15 wins, wins. Well, didn't get a win i, I expect today. a good season out of montgomery but also circumstantially like he has to get length because no one else is is there to get the length uh, Montgomery's got to be that guy to at least get them, you know, a little deeper. So to, or otherwise, we're going to be in a similar situation next year, or I'm sorry, to, at the end of the year to the playoffs when our bullpen's just going to be thrashed. And you know, right. if these guys are not getting some type of of depth and allowing the bullpen to try to act like a normal bullpen. Well, Kluber hasn't been able to get deep in games. Nope. I mean, he has been beat by the defense has not helped him at all, and especially in the start on Friday, the defense didn't help him, but. He hasn't looked good. He really has not looked good. He has not had his command. His velocity is down 90, 90.4 miles an hour average fastball velocity. He says he's not concerned with his velocity. He's more concerned with his location and mechanics and stuff, which fine. I understand. I can buy that. But he's looked bad. Mongo- or, um, Herman has looked terrible in his first two starts, and he was sent down to alternate site. They haven't announced a move yet as we're recording this Sunday at 6 o'clock. Uh, I think it might be Michael King just because I think they're on the same schedule. Well, Abreu so I, came up. Abreu came up. Did he get sent back down again after today? Uh, oh, was because, Abreu the move for? Yeah, Abreu was Abreu, up. Abreu was up and then, you know, mopped up today. But I thought. So I, but I, I have I just no, assumed Abreu, that What do you mean? Abreu closed closed it out, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a, what was the score? Four, four run leads. Hold on. I thought they had an extra roster spot. Or was um, that taken by Odor? Yes, Odor and Abreu okay. both up. Yeah. So then, I but guess again, I wouldn't be will... surprised if Abreu was optioned again immediately after the game. I haven't even seen the transactions yet. I mean, they might wait until the next 
turn of Montgomery or of I keep saying Montgomery of Herman. Uh, but, but he was also I mean, he pitched today, so you, that means like he's a bullpen guy that they could just go get another bullpen guy up, right? Like, what do what you do. read into the fact that they, you know, they saw two starts out of Herman and both were bad, and they're like, all right, down to alternate site. We're not wasting any time with this. Do you, like, do you, are we going to see him again? I'm thinking. I mean, it, it, I would not be surprised if we didn't see him again. That I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I just. I I'm not saying surprised. you're. I'm not saying you're crazy for saying it, but I'm like, wow, is the leash going to be that short? That could be crazy. Again, I this goes back to the, give him this a goes back to the point of like, were they, were they real, were they serious about him, or were they only serious about him because he was pitching so well in spring training? Because if he didn't right. pitch that well in spring training, would he have ever been on this roster? And and right. I don't know. I don't know if he was. And you know, you made this this uh, this call out a few weeks ago saying like. That's that's not that's not a great thing. Like if this is a backdrop for him and we're only keeping him under because he's pitching well, which it's it's a business, it's a sport, this is what they're doing, but it's it feels it feels dirty. Right. To be honest. And then two two starts and like, oh, I guess it's not worth the trouble. It's like, okay, fine, Bye. but but like just do that in spring training. But I don't know. I mean, so I don't know. I I've, I do think we'll see him again, but I was surprised by the move so soon. But with how Michael King pitched in his last outing, which was a Herman start, he came in, pitched six innings. Like he deserves an, a, a shot, a, a start. I think. I mean, we also have, you know, uh, Garcia, who's ready. We to have go. Debbie so Garcia, there's... but I could see them just having uh, King start before they have Garcia start. Yeah, maybe and, they they and, probably want. I wouldn't be surprised if they had uh, if they wanted Garcia to start on AAA. And this uh, this Clark Schmidt news might affect things as well that he's going to get a second opinion on his elbow. Yeah, that's not good. No, this that's not seems good at like all. Tommy John surgery, second Tommy John surgery for Clark, for Clark Schmidt because he already had Tommy John surgery. So maybe Jameson Tyon can give him some tips, and then in 2026 we can have an outstanding start from Clark Schmidt. It's just a it's another it's another miss it's another opportunity missed by the Yankees with a top. Uh, a top draft pick and 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 a pitcher that's just uh, you're already calling it a miss. What do you mean? To. How are you it calling be, it? A I miss mean, the already? guys they they knew he had Tommy John when they drafted him, like that was coming. Well, he and, or, no, no, he already had his Tommy John surgery, or he was about Usually, to have it. Did he just have it, or he was about to have it? I think he was he about had it to in college. He had it in college. Okay, yeah. so when a guy already has Tommy John surgery and he's not on your payroll, that's a good thing for teams because they're like, okay, beautiful, we don't have to worry about this anymore. I guess there's more and more now that we're seeing uh, multiple Tommy John. So, hey, look, it's not good. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the uh, the other doctor doesn't see anything, and you know, it's just some more R and R, and he's getting back up. But it's you know, for a guy that's got had elbow issues, it's not it's not a good sign. All right, gun to your head. Who catches Garrett Cole Monday night in Dunedin against the Blue Jays? Uh, Gary Sanchez. Really? Okay, Bob. Yeah. Gun to your head. Who catches Gary Sanchez? Who who catches Garrett Cole? I'm going with Gary as well. I'm Let's going go. with Higgy because Higgy caught Cole's first or excuse me, second start of the year. It was Higgy's first start of the season. And Cole was absolutely dominant. 13 strikeouts in seven innings. He got 27 swings and misses and 17 called strikes on 97 pitches. His next start is Monday night against the Blue Jays. And I think because uh, two reasons or what the reason that Higgy will catch him is because that's his personal catcher. But the reason we will be told 
that Higgy is catching is because Aaron Boone will say, oh, well, Gary Sanchez just caught three straight days on the Tropicana turf, and we know how brutal that can be on knees. And one of those games was an extra inning game. Yeah, which he had, you know, the go-ahead <laughs> hit. So Gary Sanchez, by the way, quietly just pr- just producing. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's even that quietly. I, I'm... That... That base hit today. I think it's. I mean, quietly. That ball. That ball was over the over the middle of the plate. But you know what he did? He did exactly what he needed to do. He didn't do too much. He just drilled the ball back up the middle. He knew he needed a base hit, and he drilled the ball back up the middle. I mean, he smoked that ball. I loved it. That that was a just the small things that I'm seeing from him look uh, very optimistic. I'm very optimistic. Very optimistic. Getting probably too so- optimistic. We're not ready to call it a personal catcher situation again. I was thrilled that Gary caught Cole on opening day, but I feel like that was fleeting and that was just for show. And if Higgy catches Cole on Monday night, are you ready to call it personal catcher? No, because it's the third start of the season. So at what point, how many starts does does Higgy have to catch him before we call it a personal catcher? Just so I know, I probably so I can, won't I can call it a personal prepared. catcher just to piss you off. But the, the, so it would have to be you know if we're if we're looking at the, you know this this trend continuing uh, into the All Star break, then then we can talk about it more. Well, because here's the thing: they have three games against the Blue Jays. Gary's not going to catch all three of them, and then they have an off day. So Gary's going to sit one of these days. It's so Higgy's got to get some night. reps with other guys. Like we need to have what if what if Higgy's uh you know catching for Tyone? So you know, it's just Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole's boy. You know, maybe there's a little fine. There. Uh, I'm fine by me, but I just know Gary's going to sit one of these days, and yeah. they do have a a day game after a night game on Wednesday. So there you go. hopefully, it's maybe Gary sits on Tuesday and then catches Wednesday. Higgy catches Tuesday night, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Monday night because of this the, Cole thing. The um, day game after a night game makes a hell of a lot of sense because. They're gonna want a different catcher then. That's they're not. Okay, gonna I mean, Higgy might catch. Higgy might catch. Higgy might catch twice. That's gonna be a problem with Gary's bat. The way that he's hitting right now, you he needs to be in the lineup as much as humanly possible right now. Just bottom line, if he's good, if he's on you, that that man needs to be in the lineup. Period. Well, could they DH him? Would they do that? Possibly. That's possible. I mean, it's not like John Carlos looking great at the plate. No. This will be uh, this will be interesting going into Dunedin, the spring training home of the Blue Jays for their regular season game as well. I mean, these guys have been, you know, tossed around from Buffalo to Dunedin, and you know, it, it they're going to have to go back up when the weather gets you know start get, starts getting brutal. I mean, it rained I think today. I don't know if they got their game in, but I know it was raining. Tampa's you know in Tampa they're they're playing in the in the in the trap during the rain and Dunedin not so much. And that's going to happen a lot down there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're pro- they are going to move to Buffalo again. They're either going to go, yeah, they'll probably go back up to Buffalo at some point, or if if you know Canada is back open and they're able to get in, then then Toronto. I think they have they have definitely hopes that they can get back up to Toronto, but um, probably probably Buffalo next. Are you worried about your boy Lemayhu and the fact that he's only two for nine with runners in scoring position this season? I, I'm not. I'm not at all. It's it's unfortunate the way it's happening, to be honest, because people are... are that was a terrible at-bat with the bases loaded late in that game, and he just like reached for a ball and grounded to yeah. third into a double play. Like That was very uncharacteristic. It's really hard to get mad at him, though. It's really hard to I get agree. mad at him. I agree. 
But like, I he see was, that last like, year. Wait. He was, and the year before, he was like, f- until in, in into like September, he was hitting 400 with runners in scoring position. Like, three, they said it on the, the broadcast today. The last two years combined, 371 batting average with runners yeah. in scoring position. So far, yeah. he's two for nine. It's a nine nine at bat sample. Like you can't take anything from a nine at bat sample. And if he gets a hit, then he's hitting 300. So it's like okay, there is great. nobody who's harder on DJ LeMahieu than DJ LeMahieu. I mean, just looking at the agony in his face after that's happening, I felt I almost felt bad for him. But but the the, the thing that I has me me scratching my head, and it's not just LeMahieu; it's the entire team. Even though they had a couple big hits today, R- Rufnet Odor. Rugnet Odor? Rufnet Odor? How do you Ruffnet say it? Rufnet Odor? I don't know. Anyway, Ruffnet, he, he had a signa- signature Yankee Rugnet. moment, as Michael K. would say. Rugnet Rufnet. Odor? Rugnet. <laughs> Rugi, Rugi Odor got the bloop single. Okay, so like now he has the most important bloop on the season. Jay Bruce, go to second place. But the Yankees, so often they had these opportunities with runners in scoring position today, and it's just non-competitive at-bats. LeMahieu was a non-competitive at-bat late in that game. He reached for a ball and grounded into a double play. That is very uncharacteristic of him. Yeah, very uncharacteristic. That's why when I'm looking at things that are out of, uh, you know, out of the norm, that's one of them. I'm not worried about it. Glaber check swinging, reaching for a ball, basically that's slapping it right to the shortstop. Another, it was a that con- that was not the contact play either. I mean, maybe it was, and it was just delayed. But the judge did not get a good jump on that ball either. I don't know why you're going contact with judge on the on the base path. It's hard for him to start up. I think that first two steps are not as not as quick on him. It's a that's a tough contact play right there. Wednesday's going back to Wednesday's loss, the extra inning loss to Baltimore. They had 13 hits, but only scored two runs because they were three for 14 with runners in scoring position and left 12 men on base. Today they were four for 15 with risk with uh, runners in scoring position, a little better, eight left on base. Uh, but coming into Sunday's game, they were hitting 217, 329, 317 with runners in scoring position. And and so like the argument that the nerds make is that clutch isn't a real thing. And water is going to find its level and it doesn't matter the situation. So so my question, I mean, that's 71 plate appearances. Now add another, another 15 because the Yankees today had 15 at-bats with runners in scoring position. It's like we're starting to get to decent sample sizes. Not for Why a is team. it water fight? No, we're not. We're not getting to sam- good sample sizes for a team. Okay, well, maybe when you add in the last three seasons, we are. Well, yeah, that's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
that's the that's the the backdrop. So the backdrop when is, is water going to find its level it's, with this we team? Knew what because this team, team is not a 600 OPS team, which is we're 650 OPS, which is what they have with runners in scoring position. They're not a 650 OPS team. So so when are they going to start producing like an 800 OPS team with runners in scoring position? Because that's how they perform the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a slow start for the New York Yankees, and it's uh, it's not fun to watch. Especially makes it compounds the frustration when you see the lineups and you see uh, runners in scoring position not happening. All of these things they're going to get they're going to get hot, and then they're gonna, when the Yankees get hot. This when this roster gets hot, they they are like scorched earth. So yeah. that's going to happen runs. too. Everyone's hitting two run and three run home runs, but scorched earth. I mean, Geo just looks. Like a very complete player too. He's probably becoming one of the more complete players at the plate with what he's doing, uh, you know, his back control. I'm loving that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. Before we get to Bob's segment, it was a very popular first Bob segment on the last week's episode. Our old friend James Paxton left his first start of the season with forearm soreness, and he is recommended to get Tommy John surgery. He will get a second opinion. So, I mean, I guess lucky that this didn't happy, happen in a Yankee uniform. That's a, that's an upset right there. <laughs> the Yeah, it's, I mean, this is a guy that's just never been healthy, man. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for him, but kind of writings on the wall. Seems like every time he was coming back from an injury also, something else would go wrong because like mechanically or he would compensate. I don't know what it was, but he's an excuse guy. James Paxson is an excuse guy. He made excuses whenever he was injured with the Yankees. He blamed the Yankees for rushing him back. He's an excuse guy. I'm surprised him and Boris didn't blame the Yankees for this injury. There's still time. They could still blame, uh, they could still blame, I mean, he was, he was posting Instagram videos last year when he was, uh, you know, not, not able to pitch, looked pretty, uh, looked pretty nimble, looked like he was ready to go, but no. I'm just so happy they didn't give him that one year prove me contract and we just didn't have to, he didn't have to eat up a roster spot. This is what I'm talking about. Like this is, this is, this is the new, at least we have new guys in front of us. It's not the same things. Like, that's the other part. I know people are like, oh, Tanaka, Tanaka. 
I mean, okay, yeah. Tanaka was a was a, a good Yankee. An outstanding Yankee? An outstanding Yankee? A good Yankee. He was a good Yankee. But Tanaka was not outstanding. Michael K he, would call him outstanding, but he was not outstanding. I'm just glad that there's new faces because to me that that gives us some hope. Gives new us faces, new things to think about. Brings new injuries. It's all fun. New new uh new new beautiful outstanding starts by our guy who hasn't thrown in forever. I love it. This is this is fun. New shaved faces too. New shaved faces. The guy takes <laughs> 10 years off of his look. I was listening to John Who and Susan. Who knew that was under there? I was listening to John and Susan on Saturday. When did Rugi Odor show up to the dugout? Was Rugi? it Friday or Saturday? <laughs> Any, whenever it was, I was listening to that game on the radio. And Susan was talking. I didn't recognize who that was. And then I realized it was Odor. That was an ugly beard anyway. Like, Jesus, Susan. It, it was an ugly beard. I mean, facial hair. It was pretty aggressive. Yeah. I saw a tweet that I'm he said that right even now. his daughter said she doesn't want to look at him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah with yeah, the shaved face. With the shaved face, he, yeah, he, he you... looks. He's got a baby face. Mm-hmm. So for forever, I never had a beard, and then one year I just started to have one, and then after I had it for a year and I shaved it off, and people like forgot about it. They're like, "What is that? You look like an idiot. <laughs> like you look like you're." 12. You told me I look like an idiot when I showed up that one. Look, I, I usually have a beard too. And then I just showed up one day to record and I didn't have a beard. And you're like, what the yeah, hell's wrong it, with Because that's, it's true. I mean, I, I understand. I probably did. I look like an idiot because I've had a beard. You look like a different person. You look like an idiot. That's what happens. <laughs> you just have to expect like that. An idiot. <laughs> I can't wait till I could actually try and grow a beard just to see how dumb I actually look. I've been you trying for like 18 years. It just doesn't work. Well, you, you got to get through the patches, Bob. The, 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 the key is to like, you got to commit. You got to commit yeah, past yeah. the ugly parts because there's ugly times when you're. COVID's the beard. time to do it though. Cause like, you're not going to really be going out. I, I, you're in college. Yeah. So who the hell knows yeah. what you're doing? But for the longest time in college, I could only grow a neck beard. So the beard would only come in oh. like on my neck real thick. It was, it was bizarre. Yeah. I just, I just well, get around Andrew the edges. Luck. Yeah, that's what it was. It was around the edges. You'll get there. Keep it clean. Keep it clean while you're in college. There's no reason to experiment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, let's get to let's get to Bob's segment because uh, I'm excited for this one. So, so you got the floor, Bob. All right. Yeah. So for this segment, I'm calling it Career Mode, and so we've basically just seen about like a a video video game thing. Yes. Yes. Totally. Every most EA video games have a career mode. So last year, manager mode. Last year, Scott bought a PS4, and he was gonna like, oh, I'm gonna get into MLB the Show when COVID like was really setting. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an MLB the Show guy, and then he bought the PS4, and then like the next day they announced the PS5. <laughs> it was it was it was inside a week. It was classic. The PS5 <laughs> is impossible to get though. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's like, what I've heard. Yeah, that's that's but... my. I've also played it like five times. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like 150 dollars per play. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, sorry, Bob, you got go the floor, Bob. Uh, so we've seen just about like a week and a half of Yankees baseball filled with some ups, definitely some downs. And obviously it's too soon to judge the team as a whole, but there are certain spots and players that have had a concerning start, leading there to be some question marks in the air. So for this segment, you guys will each hypothetically get control over the Yankees team with the power to make all the team slash roster decisions. So I have a couple of questions for you guys to answer, then we'll let you go through your ideal starting lineup with the current roster. And for the first question, I have that we have all seen Glaber struggling at shortstop defensively, like you talked about 
or like everyone's been talking about over Twitter. So do you guys consider, would you guys consider shifting the infield and moving Glaber to second, resulting in Gio moving to shortstop and DJ moving to third? I mean, I don't think that can be an in-season transition because even though Gio played short in spring training, I feel like that was just for emergency situations where it's like if they need a shortstop for a few innings in a game, Gio can do it and he's done it recently. I don't think he's a full-time shortstop. So they're kind of stuck with Glaber at shortstop this year. If you want to say unfortunately or whatever, it's just the reality. With the way this roster is constructed, they signed LeMahieu six years. Gio's locked up for affordable team control, and so is Glaber. But Glaber's like the, the de facto shortstop at this point. They have no moves they can make unless they offload Gio or Glaber because they're not offloading DJ. So they could offload Gio and move Glaber, but then you got to acquire a shortstop. We'll talk about that in a second. But they're stuck this year, Scott. The, so here's here's where I think it it's it's potential. They they got they're in a position right now where Tyler Wade is the only other person who can play shortstop. Like on and he's not even up. So yeah, if if there were an injury were to have happened over the weekend when Tyler Wade got got um you know sent down to the uh, the alternate site, we're looking at Geo going over to short, playing shortstop, and then shifting bodies around. Odor uh, they had mentioned played a little bit of third, I guess, during spring training as well, but natural second baseman. Uh, LeMay, who has the ability to play third, second, or or first base. But I, at this point, definitely, he's the shortstop for, for the season. I think when you're looking into future years, that's where this is getting interesting. But the problem is, is that exactly what you said, unless we're opening something up where, you know, if there's not a long-term fit at first base, if Voight were to get moved or if Voight were to um, not come back this year, like there's a potential where DJ maybe goes over to first base more often. And now we have the ability to uh, flex Glaber over to second base. And if they were to acquire some uh, shortstop, but again, that doesn't really solve the problem for this year because you're not getting a starting caliber type shortstop in the middle exactly. of the season, unless you're making exactly. a big trade. And I know it's been floated out for Trevor story. I, I think that's a, a, a bit of a long shot, but I mean, can I read what Joel Sherman happen. wrote? So Joel Sherman yeah. in his column wrote, I think the Yankees should call the Rockies today and offer Glaber Torres for Trevor story. Because Torres' defensive deficiencies at shortstop are not from a small sample size. Do I think the Yankees will do this? No. They have become more coldly logical over the last over the years and will, will not trade a talented 24-year-old who cannot be a free agent until after the 2024 season for a player in his walk year. Trevor Story's in his walk year. He's right. The Yankees would never offer that trade. And the Rockies would accept that trade before the words even got out of Brian Cashman's mouth. That's an asinine trade. Yeah. I It would not take Glaber Torres to get Trevor Story because Trevor Story is in his walk year on a team that just traded Nolan Arenado, who's tanking. They're not going to sign him. They're going to trade him for prospects and not great prospects because he's in his walk year. I use the Manny Machado trade as a very good comp for Trevor Story. The Lindor is a perfect one, though. But Lindor also had Carrasco in the deal, which kind of makes it a wild card. But Lindor is also a good comp. But if you just use the Machado comp, the Orioles got five prospects. None of them were top ranked. The best one was uh, Usniel Diaz. And they also got other right-handed pitchers. They got a third, two third basemen. They didn't get a haul. They got some guys with upside. 
So if that's what you're trading for the Yankees, you're not trading Jason Dominguez. You're not trading Debbie Garcia. You're not trading Clark Schmidt, although maybe you want to because he's injured. You're trading the other guys, and you would do that instantly also if you're the Yankees. But you're not trading Gleyber Torres because that's that's a way overpayment. Agreed. Uh, so unless unless something like that is happening and you can you can actually put a shortstop into um, into that spot, I don't see anything happening. Again, that, that would only be if... You know, Voight were to not come back from this injury well, or you know, there would be some other circumstance where LeMay who has to shift over. That that's the only way. But again, these these are these are things that are, are would be happening because of injury, not because they're trying to do this on purpose. So and well, and next year good... with with the way that they have the control of Geo, I don't want them to get rid of Geo. I don't want them to get like Geo is like I was just saying before the break that well, what Geo if, what is if you get, becoming what one of those get more real complete, value for him though. I don't know what you're getting in. I, I, I like his glove. I like his bat. I like his presence. I want him as the third baseman. I, what value are you getting? That's going to be better than a guy that, that actually does, you know, slot into this lineup and, and change the look a little bit. I, this yeah, is what I, I, I don't want. know. I'm just, it's just, it's a completely hypothetical. I don't know. I'm just glad Joel Sherman's not running the Yankees. Cause that's a bozo trade. Well, he said also that it wouldn't happen, but I, I, this is definitely more for, you know, hypothetical. Let's, let's get something out there. But the, um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is he's the shortstop. They got to figure it out. And if that's not the case, if it's uh, you know, if it doesn't get any better throughout the year, and I, and I agree with Joel Sherman saying that it's not a small sample size. It's not. We've seen he's right we've about seen that. him be a you know below average shortstop, and that that might just be what he is. And he also, I mean, it's not just below average shortstop. Like he doesn't he doesn't have a good range. I don't know that he has a shortstop shortstop arm. But that play Wednesday night against Baltimore in extra innings was a routine grounder and he bounced it. Like you can't have that happen. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's not good. I mean, the, the, yeah, there, nothing's going to happen. So I know we have other questions, yeah. Bob. So let's, uh, yeah. yeah, let's, let's move. Nothing's happening. Yeah, he, yeah. He's the shortstop in the near future. Yeah. Um, so question two has to do with pitching specifically Domingo Herman, who we touched on earlier. So he was optioned to the alternate site after two tough starts, but it, it is expected, according to Boone, that he will be back in the mix when the Yankees need a fifth starter again. So what would you guys do in this position? Is it time to give Debbie Garcia and Michael King, is it time to get them more involved in the rotation, or is it too soon, do you think? Well, we kind of touched on this already, but Scott, you can you can start. There. Well, so I, I think a couple things here. I'm looking up the, the date, but it's uh, like May 6th or whenever. That, I'm looking up when the um, AAA season starts. And it's, it's still, we still have about a month-ish until, until those guys can actually get some in-game play. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe Devi Garcia is, you know, they want him to go um, start the season there. But again, that's a month away. That's, that's a really long term. Uh, that's, that's a long time away right now. So I'm, uh, I'm second guessing that and thinking that you know, that they would probably get him back up, uh, that that's not the reason. That said, if, if he's talking about that he's going to be back in the mix, you know, he's going to be preparing uh, for being the fifth starter, staying stretched out, doing these things. But I, I hope they don't at this point. I, I would rather see Davey Garcia. Davey Garcia doesn't really, to me, have much to prove in, in AAA at this point. I think that he's shown that he can compete at the major league level. And he, you know, we saw each, each uh, time he got bumped up in the minors, that he improved. He improved what he needed to improve. Control was a big thing for him. 
Um, and it's seemingly he's he's you know gotten uh, gotten much better at that and is able to throw strikes. And to me, if he's around the plate, like he should be up there and uh, and getting that opportunity. You don't want to see what King can do, though. He just had the best outing of his career. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think he's valuable though in from in the bullpen. I think he's more valuable to this team in the bullpen because they don't need him in the rotation. I think he's going to be more exposed from in the rotation spot. I, I don't think he's a starting pitcher. Maybe I know you want but, him to be a starting pitcher so badly, and no, I know he's I, got that next pitch, and and it's and it's been good. He's he's really uh, you know worked his ass off to get there. I think he still plays more, you know, a number five, but a long swing man. Uh, I think he's valuable for this team, especially the way that there's uncertainty in the starting rotation because of the guys, the Klubers, the tie-ons who are not going to get, you know, into into the sixth, into the seventh inning. There's going to be, we need, we need a guy that if they do get in a little bit of trouble in the third and their pitch counts up, we need someone to be able to pitch and eat innings because you don't know what the bullpen is like for the past two days. You don't know. Having a guy like King is valuable, I think, for this team. No, no I agree. His value. This is your Swiss Army be- knife. This is your Swiss Army knife situation. This yeah. is it. But but that's that's why I'm saying that he deserves to be back on the roster after that performance. And I know he was only sent down because he was useless for the next week because he pitched six yeah. innings. But he's not normally going to be pitching six six innings out of the bullpen because right. that's a very unique situation. He's normally going to be pitching a few innings and then he can be used again. Like like Chad Green today pitched into a third inning. He's not going to pitch for the next two days, but they're not going to send him down. Oh, for sure. I mean, definitely. Right. There, so there are some situation guys that they're going to rotate just to get another a fresh arm up, and that's what I think. Uh, you know, uh, a brave. But but if you just look at it as as nameless players, and you see, oh, Chad Green pitched into a third inning. This player X pitched into a third inning. He's not going to be available for Monday or Tuesday's game. You would send him down, but they're not going to do that. So what's the difference if you have Michael King who comes up and pitches into a third inning or into a fourth inning? He's not used for the next two or three days, and then he's used again. But that's my point is for him, I think it's a little different because he's got to bridge a a rotation spot potentially. He's got to save the rest of the uh, the the bullpen. Question, does Michael King get a start this year, or are they only going to use yes, him? Yes, of course bullpen? he's getting a start. I think I agree, and I think if he's going to get a start, it's going to be probably this coming week when I mean, Herman maybe, was supposed uh, to start. If if he's getting this next start, I'm, I'm not I'm not going up and saying that that he's going to be the guy that's going to stick in the rotation. I I still think that he's going to be that that Swiss Army knife type guy who can come out of the. I'm bullpen, not stupid. Not I know the, Debbie Garcia has a, a higher ceiling. Here. Yes, yeah. I know. I'm not fool. Like I like. So Mark what are we? King, so then, what are we but, waiting for? So then, what are we waiting for? I think they're. I think because they think this is how we do it with young pitchers. We have to preserve Debbie Garcia's bullets. That's stupid. <laughs> I agree, but that's what they do. I know. It's dumb. If this guy is ready, which seemingly he is, playoff start and all, put him out there. I'm with you, but it's not, that's not how they operate. All right, what's this is a, this is a very good opportunity to end this Domingo Herman uh, fiasco. And, I'm all and, for that. And let's go... Debbie Garcia, fifth spot. Clark Schmidt can fill in when we need him. And that's a very valuable piece. In 2024, after his second Tommy John surgery. <laughs> right. I said so Clark Schmidt. Th- I meant, I meant uh, King. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. For the third one, obviously there is a lot of controversy and unhappy fans when it comes to the lineup, specifically Hicks being in the three spot. In general, what is your ideal starting lineup with this current roster? Current roster, meaning if everyone's healthy, 
or current roster, meaning like Monday In, night, I'm wait, filling out the roster. Yeah, I'm Monday night, you're filling out the roster. No void. I'm filling out the lineup. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, Scott, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Leadoff is, leadoff is Aaron Hicks. Now, I know Hicks is sucking, but, you know, work with me. Hicks, Judge, LeMahieu, Stanton, Glaber, Gary. Actually, no. Gary, Glaber, Geo, Clint Frazier. Who's the ninth guy? Who didn't I say? Ninth guy. Um, DH? Did What's... you give a DH? <laughs> yeah, Stanton. Who's the ninth guy? Maybe I already did nine. I Is think he did nine. Fraser... I think he did it. Frazier's ninth. Frazier's nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, turn right, so over. I got... guy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I've turned it over, right? Second leadoff guy. Let's go. Um, I got uh, pretty similar. I, again, I think Hicks is a is a perfect leadoff guy. So I'm going Hicks. Um, then I'm going LeMayhew. I'm going Judge. I'm going Stanton. I'm going Gary. I'm going um, Glaber, Urshela, and Frazier. Frazier. So you, you have the same as me, except and I may go Frazier or Shella. That would be probably flipping. Like you're flipping. You're flipping Judge and Lemayhew, which is fine. I mean, the, so the point here that we're trying to make is that just like as we talked about in that con- lineup construction eye test versus nerd test episode, Hicks in the three spot is just not the best use of his talents and not the best use of the current roster that you have. And now, if Voit is healthy, Voit should be hitting fifth behind Stan. Um, and uh, but I still think Hicks should not be in the three spot when Voigt comes back. The, and and I'll, if, I'll say if, this, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, if I could choose, I would actually love to see Hicks also batting ninth. I think that could work as well. But part of the way I'm thinking is like, okay, what could I feasibly see the Yankees doing while also doing what I would do? I don't see them ever hitting Hicks ninth. I could see them hitting him first. What I would like to happen, and the uh, the recent stretch, 0 for 13, 0 for 12, whatever it was for Frazier, is is not helping this case at all. But again, I'll go back to my argument with uh, on-base percentage and the fact that Frazier last year actually did have a higher on-base percentage than Aaron Hicks. He could be a sneaky good leadoff hitter. Uh, again, not not a great time to talk about this because he's uh, you know he's been sitting but over 13. But yeah. he's a guy who I has mean, started to go the that other way. That would just break the nerds' brains. That would break nerds' brains yes. if if Clint Frazier bats leadoff for the Yankees. It would it would uh, it would make me happy. But you're getting now a guy high on base percentage, a little bit of a you know higher motor. I'm not saying he's a stolen base guy because I don't think he is. Um, he still runs with his like arms down. I don't know. He, he, watch him run next time. Like he's got like one hand swinging really low. It's a little odd looking to me. But I, do, he does okay, make also contact. speaking of guys running weird, does is it just me or does Aaron Judge run with his torso twisted? I don't know. He's usually sort running looking at the home run. He's yeah. like he's yeah. running, but he's yeah. not face his torso. His shoulders are not like both pointed forward. Is he's that like when a dog and his, runs and it looks like they're running sideways? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his left shoulder is, it's like he leads with his left shoulder. It's like if he's a running back and he's like expecting contact, that's how he runs. I mean, he's a, he's a fast guy for his, especially for his size. I he's mean, got good strides are so freaking long. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's taking gazelle steps out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've noticed it a little bit, but I haven't really put much thought in it. I'm gonna it keep looks an like eye he's on that always, now. Looks like he's always facing the fans. 
Yeah. Like wherever, he, wherever he hit it, it's like he's looking. And his, his yeah. legs are going one way, and then his face is going like... Yeah, and it's not it's different. not like we're calling him a bad base runner, because he's actually yeah. a good base runner, but it's just it's just a weird yeah. quirk, I guess. Okay, Bob, what, what would you, your lineup be? Ooh, oh, come on, you um, had to expect this. Yeah. I would go, I like Hicks at the one, Judge two, DJ three, Stanton four, Gla- I like Glaber. Glaber, who else do I have? Glaber, Geo, Gary. Geo in front of Gary. Who's left? Gary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gl- yeah. Glaber, Gary, Geo, and then Frazier. Frazier or yeah. Clint or if Gardner's playing that day, Gardner yeah. can also be a great ninth hitter. Like that's an yeah. easy swap in, or even Talkman yeah, or exactly. whoever. Did you hear what you just said? You just said Gardner would be a great ninth hitter. I just want you to notice that you said that. Just so you know. What do you mean? A great nine hitter. I don't get it. He's a great nine hitter. Yeah, is he? That's is he a great? The lowest you could possibly hit. Too much, or is that a little too much? Is he a? Great I didn't say outstanding. Is he a good nine? I didn't say outstanding. I didn't say. <laughs> I'd say great is more than outstanding. Great, outstanding can just be. But like then a why moment, did people shit moment. all over me on Twitter because I called Tyon Stark great? Because, I didn't call it outstanding. Because because you had to call it out <laughs> that it was a thing. That's why. You insensitive prick for the second time calling you. <laughs> SOB. All right, let's get to mailbag questions. Bob, you ready to read out loud? Yeah. So the first one is from Evan Rapp. This one is for Dr. Scott. I just saw Frazier in the dugout drinking a Red Bull. Thoughts on this? That's it. That's just general thoughts. Okay. I love it because I think a guy like Frazier will lock in. Uh, it's more energy. It's not even the energy. It's more of like the, the concentration you get. You get it's like some people I do when I drink caffeine or Red Bull, uh, you know, it, it, my, I, I can see the ball better. I can see things better. I can concentrate harder. And I feel like that's a good thing for a guy like Clint, Clint Frazier. You know, it's, it's just a matter of him drinking Red Bull has anything many. to do. Does him drinking Red Bull have anything to do with his 0 for 13? When was the Red Bulls uh, seen? Was he, he's been, I think he drinks Red Bull even, uh, you know, when he's, when he's not playing just to just to just to do it he's probably he been drinking red bull since red he's bull. been playing yeah since he's been playing in like you know middle school for the culture and red bull is a good thing a good thing for sure okay so the next okay. one is from daniel no last name kind of like mclovin in <laughs> super bad except far more generic yes there could be a lot of daniels he says, call this an early season overreaction. I counter that there is a two-plus season sample size that supports it. Yes, the Yankees pitching hasn't been great, but at least on paper, the offense should be good enough to score five-plus runs on a regular basis. When, when is it time to start to move on from some of these boomer bust, three true outcome guys, including Stanton, Gary, Voigt, Hicks, Glaber, and bring in some guys whose ceilings aren't as high, but would give you more consistent contact at the plate and cons- consistency in the field? I feel like two or three, three more of these guys will help bring success because we are too heavy the other way at the at the moment. I mean, um, we we look, we we can't. No, no. This is a mailbag that of a topic of conversation that we've had practically every single show for the last two years. We can't keep beating it. I think everybody here is on the same page. We get it. This is not the ideal way to to construct a lineup. You can't just have. I mean, again, some some will say some nerds. Obviously, someone did say that this is the way to do it. But we're also watching the people that are, the teams that are winning the World Series, 
the the teams that you know you look past the the last four or five years, a lot of contact, a lot of contact, a lot of base runners, a lot of base, a lot of home runs too, but a lot of base runners. I included it because I wanted to ask you guys this question. <clears throat> if the Yankees flame out in the playoffs for the exact same reasons in 2021 that they did in 20, 19, 18, and 17, because they are incapable of hitting in key situations, and the Yankees afterwards in their postseason press conference, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone sit there and tell us how close we are. Like, do you think event, like, what is the breaking point for them saying, okay, this isn't working. It's now a five-year sample size with this group of guys. If they don't win I, this I year. think it's all about where the contracts are right now, to be honest. I think, it's a, I think that's, it's not a problem for when you have talented guys, but it's part of the problem because they can't move too many guys. They, unless there's a, just a, a big you can trade. Move them if you really want to overhaul your roster, you can do you it. You could, but it would not be easy. You would really have to, you'd really have to move a, a, a significant guy. And I just don't think it's as easy to do to, to get the value back in what you're trying to get. It's hard to I mean, do that thinking, now. Thinking about the contracts that they have that are immovable, 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 Immovable contract. Stan. Stan's yeah. is immovable. Who else? Right. Well, From then the you get into the, no, you start getting into the guys that are either uh, like the guys like Judge, who's a Yankee for possibly ever. Who knows? Two more years but, of arbitration. But you again, have not also, them. but but Judge also is not part of the problem. He's not the boomer bust guy. Judge I know is that, a guy that but you is, don't have to keep Judge. He's not signed to a contract. You don't have to keep Sanchez. He's again, not but he's not part of the Labor's not signed to a contract. Gio's not signed to a contract. Voight's not signed to a contract. But you could it's change the roster if you really wanted to. Yes, you could. But again, you'd have to make sure that you got back exactly the type of guy that's going to change this. And that's going to be hard. Fine. That's hard to do. That is hard to do. But but I don't agree with you in saying that they have a bunch of immovable guys. They only have immovable guys if they don't think they're a problem. But if they think they're a problem, they want to get rid of them. Pretty much the entire position player roster is movable except Stanton and Hicks. You're not going to get I guess a guy now Lemayhu because of his six year contract. But why would you want to trade Lemayhu? No, again, not part of the problem. A guy like Glaber, you're just not going to get the return for the value of a player like Glaber because his ceiling is so high. And it's a that's a it's a tough it's a tough guy to move because you better damn well not miss on that trade. You better damn well not miss on that trade for a guy that's controlled and this young. Of course, all those things are are true, but I'm but and all those things are is, true for a number of people. I think the opportunity could have been in left field this year, could have been a Michael Brantley. It could have been that that could have changed the dynamic. I think of this lineup a bit. It could have it could have been that way, but again, when you're looking at the way that this lineup is constructed, the roster is constructed with the salary cap in, instilled here because it is in the name of a luxury tax. They didn't want to do that and. Clint Frazier being part of the hopeful solution because he's on this roster as well. One of the guys that can make, you know, can make a, a difference in this lineup. He's not as boom or bust, but it's, it's not just one guy either. Honestly, it's a, it's a tough, I think it's, it's not as easy as it looks. All right. We got one more mailbag and then we're, we got the return of voicemails, which I'm pumped for. Bob, what's the last one? Yeah. So the last one's from Jeremy Haas. Shout out, Jeremy. He says, "Why not have you know Talkman Jeremy? play?" Yes, he's he's one of Tyler's good friends. So oh shit! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he messaged me on Twitter. He says, "Why not have Talkman play first base, even if he is a little worse than Bruce defensively, which Bruce hasn't been great this year? Doesn't his base running and hitting potential make him more valuable?" 
Yes, absolutely. And again, this is this goes back to the throw the guy on first base uh, experiment, which I'm all all for. Um, I I do think that you should do that. Uh, there's no problem there. But there's also Did you an see the footage of him just, working out. Can we just can we just base? cut Jay Bruce and bring up Mike Ford to have him play first base? He's not a great first baseman, but he's a guy who's played first base and gives that lefty bat. We could do that too, just as easy. Did I'm you see fine the moving on from Talkman? Jay Bruce at this point. <laughs> I've seen it. It's, Did either of you guys see the footage of Talkman playing, working out at first base? It was it, no. He like was jumping at ground balls. He's an outfielder. Okay, I mean, why fine. is he jumping yeah, in the it. outfield? You could do it, but it's going to be hideous. It's not going to work. So the, I think the more, more than a couple move is Mike of days, or Ruggie yeah. Odor. I mean, Odor hasn't played over there either. He played a little bit of third base in it's spring. A second, baseman. second baseman. I think a second baseman can more easily shift to first base <laughs> than a left fielder. Again, there's a guy named Mike Ford who knows how to play first base. Also lefty bat. But if you're so worried about who's going to back seen... up shortstop, if you're so worried about who's going to back up shortstop, you could have Ruggio Dor play first base and you could still have Tyler Wade on the roster to play uh, shortstop. Well, apparently that's the thing. Like, There's not as much of a concern for who's going to back up shortstop right now because Tyler Wade's not on the team. Not on the no, it's only because Gio will do it in game. That's it. And then yes. if, if Glaber gets hurt in the fifth inning of a game, Gio will shift over and then they'll call Tyler Wade up the next day. You want to you want to hear the least surprising thing in the entire world? If if that couldn't happen and DJ LeMayhew went over to play shortstop, he'd be the uh, probably the second best shortstop on the team outside of Tyler Wade. Yeah. I mean, do you think do you think DJ LeMayhew would play a better shortstop than Glaber? It's possible. It's very possible. I think DJ LeMahieu is just a defensive wizard wherever you put him, and he would be fine anywhere. But I'm actually surprised he never played short. I think he, he played big. a little bit at LSU. Big. I mean, he's I mean, too big for a second baseman. He's a great second how baseman. How tall is he? Too big. He's like he's like six four. Okay. How tall was Derek Jeter? Six two. Six was four. he six four? Still is. Jeter was six four. Can we get a quick Google? So was Kyle Ripken. Yeah. I'm looking it up now too. I, mean, I guess A Rod too, um, right? Yeah, A Rod was six four. Also, there. I mean, Ripken started the, or maybe he six did three for Jeter, but okay. still, six yeah. three is closer to six four than six two. The yeah. <laughs> Price is Right. It's over. Hold you on. Lose. Do we need to do, do an eye test versus nerd test on that? Yeah, one? it's the Price is Right. Everybody knows this. If you go over, you lose. That's just a, a fact. I don't know. Jeter didn't strike. Like Jeter was always a bigger bodied shortstop. Always. There was always. No, that, I know. I, I, I understand that. But but uh, but Lemayhu just looks more lumbering than Jeter ever was. He doesn't look I'm as not, agile. Yeah, that's, that's a good word for it. He doesn't look as agile as Jeter or A Rod or Cal Ripken in 1972 when he was playing shortstop. I expect. I expect DJ Lemayhu just to figure it out though. Don't you? I, I'm with you on that. Like <laughs> ground ball, hit, ground ball hit to someone. We need to make the throw to first base. I'll take. I'll take my. I'll trust DJ because Glaber's going to bounce. And DJ's it. getting anything within like what, ten feet either way, which is what Glaber I'll take does. That. I'll take that. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. But definitely check out these voicemails that we're about to play and and contribute to the voicemails. We want to hear from you guys. We're going to be tweeting out the number. It's 646-480-0342. You can always remember it because the last four numbers are Babe Ruth and Mariano Rivera. Quick aside, I was watching on MLB TV today and they played Mariano's, whatever it was, his record-breaking save. And I just like, I watched it and I thought like, 
God, I miss that delivery. I miss that cutter. I miss just knowing like there's not going to be an issue. It's going to be one, two, three, no problems. He's not going to be sweating on the mound like Araldus Chapman. He's not going to smile if he gives up a game. He's just going to pitch cutters on the black. I, I miss him. Anyway, 646-480-0342. Light up the voicemail line with good or bad takes. We want to hear from you guys. Any last words, Scott? Yeah, we don't edit this. Just uh, another, just to reiterate the the voicemail line. Uh, bandwidth issue last year, being able to put those back in. We're we're back in back in the game here. Bob's uh, helping big time. We got some help on the blue wire side, on the editing side. Shout out to Donald, uh, our editor. Uh, voicemail line is back. This is uh, something that we we've we had for a long time, unfiltered. We don't, you know, we'll edit the, the the sound quality a little bit so that people aren't screaming in your ear, and then someone's quiet the next time. But for the most part very much unfiltered. Um, use it, use it as therapy, use it as a, a place to get excited, whatever, put it in your phone, call it when you're hammered at three in the morning. It's fine. You Scott can do that. Scott might pick up. It, it's possible. There's a British lady on the voicemail. I don't know how to take her off. She will don't be there be probably forever. So don't be alarmed by that. And uh, yeah, just give us, try to keep it around 30 seconds just so, you know, it doesn't go too long, but 30 seconds ish, light it up. And and big league tease for you're, you're going to be talking some some Griffey Jr. later this week, right, Scott? Yes, I'm excited. This is a so Cola, who Kid Sensation back in the '90s was a uh, was a was a rapper, um, was very good friends with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Everybody uh, at Blue Wire right now is is pumped up because we are releasing our uh, second season of American Prodigy, which is the kid, uh, the you know. Talking about Griffey, talking about the time, talking about Griffey's uh, impact on the culture of of baseball. Obviously, we know that the the Yankees and Ken Griffey Jr. very much a um, a challenged relationship. He did not like the Yankees. He wanted to beat them every time. It came. It went down. Stems from his dad. Stems from him being Yankees. a kid and and his dad uh, and him not being able to dug out in the dugout. Uh, it was Steinbrenner who um, basically had had said that it was one of those uh, one of those things that stayed with him, and he always. He always used it as fuel, and you know we felt that in what 1995, unfortunately. Um, but for whatever reason, Griffey's always been just one of my favorite players to watch. He's always been Definitely. like a guy that I never really hated. I guess I was too young at that point to hate, but he was too uh, cool to hate. He was freaking awesome. Yeah, he was just fun to watch, and he's just he's an icon. So talking with Cola, um, uh, we're doing an interview uh, with him on Wednesday, and I'll, I'm gonna get. You know, even a little bit deeper than what we have in the uh, the podcast. The podcast is releasing on Tuesday, but I want to talk to him more about the Griffey relationship with the Yankees because to me, it's 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 interesting. Uh, and the, you know, there's that one clip where he's signing autographs and uh, and he said that you know he would never play for the Yankees ever, uh, even yeah. if they traded for him. So he really did and, have and a disdain. Late for, in his career, the they almost did trade for him. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uncover some more uh, some more information there and and you know just get a little bit deeper on on what that was but it's gonna be it, a a fun podcast definitely check out the American Prodigy the first season was Freddie Adu like if you were not a soccer fan I listened to the entire thing and even though I I knew nothing about soccer it was still a fantastic podcast obviously you're listening to this here a baseball fan you're gonna want to check this out if you liked those history episodes I did this is like going to blow that out of the water with just like <laughs> yes. cool shit. So definitely check it, check it out. The The first episode drops on, on Tuesday. So tomorrow as you're listening to this, but there's also a trailer out. There's an interview that, that, that has been done already. So American prodigy, the kid Ken Griffey jr. Check it out. And we will talk to you guys later this week. Believe it.
it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, guys. I'm currently driving home after this game with no music on. Like, what the hell happened? Glaver Torres, dude, it just, he's just not doing it. He needs to step up, you know, and get good at defense. I don't know why it's so hard to, for him to do it, but apparently it is. Okay, biggest gripe. Fuck man Freddy and his stupid extra inning, extra base runner on second bullshit. Second of all, why in the world would you send Gio with one out in that fucking game when you still got one more shot to drive him in with a maybe a base hit or a single instead of losing the game on such a dumb play? The management call is the problem, and there's something wrong with Judge. He's not pitch hitting in an extra inning game with a man on, and he's the last one on the bench. He's hurt, and they're not telling him. That's my juice. I'm not going to yell. The only thing I'm going to fucking say is that we need a motherfucking good defensive shortstop. There's four available in the next three ages. Cashman, Yankee, Hal, don't be fucking cheap. Get one. Move Glaver to second, DJ to first, and trade fucking boys for whatever we can get. Thank you. Good night. Hello there. Uh, my name is Malcolm. Big, big Yankee fan here. Um, you know, just, I would like to say, um, damn it. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Kevin from BP Crew, Western New York, uh, just calling in to say Jay Bruce could be worse than Mike Ford. I think it's very, very possible. I don't know how you convert an outfielder to first base and think you're going to win baseball games going over five with the with the long hop misplay, whatever that was. How can you win with that guy in a lineup hitting out over five and Glaber? Play him at second base, move DJ to first, and get a shortstop immediately. Talk to you guys later. Gary Sanchez is the laziest player in the MLB. Not almost getting thrown out at second base from a single in right field. Absolutely ridiculous. Glaber Cora is not a shortstop anymore. I'm sorry. One thing I wanted to talk about is how maybe the Yankees should... Um, now instead of pitching Chapman in ninth for potential save situations with this extra inning rule, maybe save him for the tenth because of this extra inning rule that I don't really like. And uh, another thing, the whole DH um, debate. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever thought of this, but you know, you only really need an eight-man lineup. <laughs> You know, why Why even have a nice fan? Just let the hitters hit. The Yankees need to hit. Listen on this and scoring for this. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.